Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. God bless you. My name is Alexander Pagani, lead pastor of Amazing Church located here uh, in the South Bronx, New York City, a.k.a. He is Risen Tabernacle. And I want to talk to you today about uh, the Nephilim, resurrected bodies, and the angels. Let me ask you this question. When we resurrect, my question is this. Do we resurrect with our reproductive organs and our human anatomy at the resurrection. There's a first resurrection and then there's a second resurrection. That's the question I have for you guys. When we resurrect, do we resurrect with our reproductive organs? Is the human anatomy altered? Is our human anatomy altered uh, because of the resurrection or do we go to heaven do we enter heaven with our body parts? Meaning, let's use the male anatomy. Do males enter heaven with our human anatomy? Now, I want you to think, think thoroughly about that because having a glorified body doesn't mean having a spirit body. Now, it's not the same thing. Not the same thing. Having a glorified body is a glorified physical body. Just letting you know. And we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you some scriptures. We're gonna, we're gonna dive into this. You're gonna be like, oh wow, I never thought about it like that. The resurrection is not in spirit. The resurrection is not in spirit, and then it's not a resurrection. Resurrection means my body is going to resurrect. Okay, so this is the question I have. So for those of you that say, let's just say, no, the hu- the male anatomy is uh, doesn't go to heaven. So now let's just let's break this open. You know, how many of you remember the Ken Barbie doll? Like, I got cousins who used to play Barbie, you know. Remember the Ken Barbie doll? The Ken Barbie doll, if you ever took off his clothes, <laughs> there's nothing down there. It's just a nub. It's nothing there. Is that what you're saying? When you say that we will not go to heaven, the male 
species in a glorified body, when they go to heaven, what you're saying is they go up to heaven and there's nothing down there. There's nothing down there. It's just a Ken Barbie doll. Like, so when I say Ken Barbie doll, I'm using a metaphor without having to get a little bit too detailed. You know what I mean? Ken Barbie doll means there's nothing down there on the Ken Barbie doll. There's no male anatomy on the doll. Let's establish, do we go to heaven like Ken Barbie dolls, both male and female? Nothing there. Every other body part is there and we go to heaven, right? And nothing there. Now I need you to think about that. I need you to think about that. So when we get up there, there's nothing there. Now the reason why many of you would say, watch this. Well, in heaven, Jesus said there's neither marriage nor given in marriage, then you missed the essence of marriage because marriage is not about the sex. Marriage has never been about the sex. Sex is the consequence of the byproduct and the added blessing. Marriage is not about sex. All right. Marriage is about covenant relationship between two human spirits, uh, serving and loving on one another. Because Jesus is married to us and there's no sex involved. And God the Father is married to Jerusalem and to New Jerusalem and the children of Israel. There's no sex involved. I, the Lord, am married to you, Jerusalem. Return unto me, O backsliding wife. Okay. The Father is married to Jerusalem and Jesus is married to the church. There's no sex involved in that. It's all relationship. Sexual intimacy is the byproduct of the added blessing of two human beings coming together um, and, and, and reproducing and multiplying and producing other people like them. But it's not the main, it's not the main reason. All right. All right. And, and I think many of you have learned that the hard way who married because of fornication and then you ended in divorce eight years later because there was no love involved. You just wanted a green light to have sex. You married because you knew you couldn't stop fornicating with this person. So you said you might as well be legal. Let's get married. And then you realize years later that this person does, this person loved you, but wasn't in love with you. So when you say, oh, but in heaven, there's neither marriage nor given marriage. So it is implying that we are resurrected. Now, keep in mind, remember what I said, resurrection is not spirit. I'm going to prove that point in the Gospels in a few moments. Resurrection is you don't resurrect in a spirit form. When you die and you go to paradise or you go to hell, you go into hell in spirit form, but there will be a resurrection. Either you're part of the first one or you're part of the second one. Resurrection means you unite back with your body, whichever way that is, whether through cremation, whether you drowned, whether birds and animals ate you, whether you in a coffin, God is going to, well, however God's going to make that happen, he make it happen, right? You're going to resurrect in your body. Okay, then if we don't resurrect with our bodies, first of all, we got a problem here because the Bible says in John 21, Jesus ate with them after the resurrection, when he was on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Remember when they went a fishing and they said, they said, that's Jesus on the shore. What did Peter do? He took off his tunic, he jumped in the water, he swam to Jesus. 
And, when, and the Bible says when he got there, Jesus was cooking. Jesus was cooking. And when the apostles got there, they saw that breakfast was already ready. The breakfast is already ready. And the Bible says, read this in your King James Version. The very next verse, it said, Jesus ate with them. Jesus ate with them in a glorified body. Now, okay, wait a second. Why would Jesus eat with them if in the resurrection you don't need to eat? Okay, so let me ask you this question. Where did that food go? Where did that food go? Okay, Jesus ate with them. That means he had to swallow, which means his throat was there, which means he had to, it had to go through the small intestine. The intestine had to be there. You mean to tell me that when Jesus ate the food, it just disappeared inside it. It just was the appearance of eating. He like, and then it just disappeared. That makes no sense. You know how I know that don't make no sense, even though we're tempted to think that? Then why do we, you and I have to go to a dinner? Whoa, wait a second, it's called the marriage supper of the lamb. Wait a second, and that's in heaven. Why are you invited to a dinner if there's no need to eat? If there's no need, that means when you resurrect, your stomach is there. Why do we go to a dinner? The marriage dinner of the lamb. Supper, the marriage supper of the lamb. Why do we go to a dinner if our stomachs, you know, are not there. Oh, let's go a step further. In heaven, there is drinking. Not drinking drunk, but drinking the act of drinking. You know how to Because Jesus at the Last Supper told them, take this cup and drink it. Jesus said, I will not drink it again. I won't drink it again until I'm in heaven. Oh, so in heaven, there is drinking. Oh, you know how I know in heaven there is drinking? Because Matthew chapter 14 says, when you get to the resurrection and sit on the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and it says this, drinking, drinking with Abraham and Jacob, drinking. Oh, so there's drinking. So there's eating and drinking in heaven. Everything that I'm saying is doctrine. Everything I'm saying is doctrine. There's all doctrine. It's all doctrine that I'm saying. I might not have the actual verses, like, but I, I know the chapters. He said, he said, many of you will be sitting on the table eating and drinking with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Wait, he said eating and drinking. That means you have to have your, your mouth had to be there and your digestive system, it got to be there. Why? Glorified body. For those that you that said resurrected in spirit, oh, Jesus shoots that down. When he said, Thomas, come here. This is uh, uh, John chapter 20. He said, John, uh, Thomas, come here. Put your fingers in my hand and on my side and see that a spirit does not have. The Bible says this. Jesus said, for a spirit does not have flesh and bone. If you read the verse in Luke of, of that moment where they encountered Jesus after the resurrection, the Bible says that they thought they were seeing a spirit. It, read the verse. It says they thought they were seeing a spirit. And Jesus said, whoa, 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 whoa. It is I. It is I. For a spirit does not have flesh and bone. It is I. It is I. That's what he said to the disciples because they thought they were seeing a, a spirit of Jesus. 
the, 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 a spirit apparition of Jesus, right? Look at this. Look what it says. And Jesus says, he says, look, it is I. It is I. Is I. Look at me. He said, it's not a spirit. It's that a spirit don't have flesh and bone. See that it is I. It's me, Jesus. And it says that they, that, that they lost it. They, they worshiped and all of that stuff. And then he said the same thing with, uh, with, uh, with Thomas in a separate occasion. Okay, now this is all Bible verses. You can read this in Luke chapter uh, 20, 23. Luke 23, that they thought they saw a spirit. And he said, no, 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 it's not a spirit, it's me, it's I. It's Jesus. Okay, so, and then he said this. As a matter of fact, while wow, the Holy Spirit is bringing it to my memory. They stood and believed and he said to them, bring me some bread. And it says he ate before them. He said, give me some bread. So you can see it's not a spirit. So what, meaning, and, he, and the Bible says he ate the bread. And then they, and it says that they knew it was Jesus. They knew that it was Jesus. They was like, oh my God. Okay, watch this. This whole Bible. You know, this is stuff I can't preach sometimes because folks ain't just not ready for this. And they go right into, uh, uh, be careful, my brother. Uh, uh, that sounds like borderline heresy and error. You know, like, whatever, man. Whatever, whatever. Notice how we make stuff up. Like, we don't know the answer, so we make it up. Like, in heaven, neither married nor given in marriage, so we don't know what that means, so we just make it up. That means there's no reproductive organs. No! What does that mean? Very simple. In heaven, the institution of marriage for humans has been deactivated, just like it was deactivated at the beginning of the creation of angels, which means we become like the angels. But in heaven, there is marriage. <laughs> You know how I know? Because we're married to the, with a bride. How there's no marriage? There's marriage in heaven. There's a marriage party in heaven. God is married to New Jerusalem. Yeah, you're not ready. You're not ready. It's a whole other topic. Okay, let's keep going. Watch this. So what does it mean in marriage? I think it in marriage. When you resurrect in your glorified bodies, I'm going to wrestle with you. I'm going to wrestle your brain. We are resurrected with our human anatomies, with our body parts, reproductive organs, if you know what I mean. The male is resurrected with your male anatomy. Watch this. But when you get to heaven, you will still have it, but there will be no use for it in heaven. Because in heaven, there is no sex. There'll be no use for it in heaven. In heaven, there is no needing to be fruitful and multiply. You will still have it, but won't use it, right? You'll get up there, you'll see it, oh, there it is. Can't use it, right? Watch this. Let's get into the Nephilim. Let's flip that. I had to say all of this to be able to get to one statement that I want to say, because sometimes you need to see the bigger picture before your mind gets blown. Let's flip it. The Bible says, we will be like the angels. All right. What does that mean? No reproductive organs or reproductive organs, but no use for them. I'm going to say something. It's going to get you mad. Watch this. The Bible says, Genesis chapter 6, that the angels lusted after women. The Bible says the angels lusted after the daughters of men. Lust is the byproduct of having the equipment 
to carry it out. Let me give you an example. I wouldn't lust for sex if I had no human anatomy. Because then, I, do you see where I'm headed? Let me give you an example. The reason why we lust is we have the equipment to lust. When a, when a guy wants to go to bed with a female, it's because he has the equipment to go to bed with a female. If you was a eunuch, that's the reason why they cut it off as a eunuch. Because the eunuch will no longer desire to sleep with the queen because he can't sleep with the queen. There's nothing there. It gets chopped off, right? That's the truth. The reason why they castrate a eunuch is because he will no longer desire to sleep with the queen and the queen will no longer try to sleep with the eunuch because he ain't got nothing. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Genesis chapter 6 says, the angels lusted and married <laughs> and slept with. You can go read this. The angels lusted, married, and slept with the daughters of men and produced a race of giants called fallen ones, Nephilim or Nephilim, whichever way you want to say it. Okay, before I get there, watch this. If the equipment has been removed, the lust for carrying out, carrying it out beyond your mind has been removed. Now, you could still lust without the body part, but you can't carry it out. You just lust in your heart. The human resurrects with a glorified body still having their male anatomy goes to heaven and it's, it's no longer can be used in heaven. For the sake of people not thinking like, yo, Pagani, you bugging. Okay, let's say the angels were created with reproductive organs. We don't know how long the angels existed before humans came on the scene. Watch this. If angels were created with reproductive organs in heaven for thousands of years or millions of years, whenever they looked at their anatomy, they would have no idea what it's for or how to use it. Why? Because in heaven, in heaven, there is no sex in heaven. So, let, watch this. Let's say the angels were created with reproductive organs, but in heaven they couldn't use them. So, God creates man in his image, watch this, with the anatomy, and then he gives him the animals. Adam gets lonely. Why does he get lonely? Ooh, I feel the anointing on this. Adam only gets lonely when he sees the animals mating with each other. When he sees the animals using their anatomy to reproduce, Adam looks down and says, oh, oh, so that's what I can use that for. All right. So now he's trying to look for somebody like him and there was nobody and he got lonely. How in the world do you get lonely walking with God? Oh, why? Because you cannot have intimacy, sexual intimacy with God. That's the only thing God cannot do. God doesn't have sexual intimacy with his children. How do you get lonely walking with God? Because you're looking at the animals mating and then you're seeing animals being born 
and you're seeing the intimacy between two male and female animal species loving on each other, which whatever way animals do that, and then you go, man, I want to do that. I want to do that. But you can't. So you get lonely. You say, God, I'm lonely. And watch this. You can go read this Genesis chapter 2. He tells God, I'm lonely. And God does not bring him Eve. God brings in animals. Read the text. When man was lonely, God did not create Eve. He brought him the animals to see which one will give him companionship, which means Eve was not part of the equation yet. He said, here, take some animals. And the Bible says, you can read this, Genesis chapter 2, King James Version. It says man couldn't find companionship in it. And then he creates Eve. Boom. Watch this. Watch this. So the angels throughout eternity have the anatomy. And then they go, God, can we marry? God says, no. Why? Because in heaven, there's neither married or are given in marriage. God creates man. Man has intimacy with Eve. He sees the love and he goes, the angels go. Now, right now, what I'm saying is speculation and it's plausible theology, but I can't say it's absolute. The angels see man using his anatomy on a female, the female using her anatomy and they're producing children and there's this love and the angels start looking down on theirs and say, so that's what that is for. Oh, so this thing that I've been carrying for thousands of millennia, that's what it's for. God, can I do that? God says, no, you cannot do that. Why? Because in this estate, in this real estate, in this territory, there is neither marriage nor given in marriage. Okay, God. And then God says, I have a new assignment for you. I need you to watch man. And the Bible says, the watchers. The Bible calls a specific group of angels, watchers. How does lust begin? By watching. How did David sin with Bathsheba? He watched her. And the more he watched, the more he lusted. And then he said, bring her to me. The watchers began to look at the women and begin to say, I could do that. God, why aren't you letting us do that? We have it. Why can't we do it? God says, because in heaven there is neither marriage, nor I'm given in marriage. Now, why is in heaven are there marriage nor given in marriage? You see how? So God says, no. And then God says, marriage is only active on the earth. So the watchers go like this. Peace, God. We're out of here. I'm out. We're gone. We got to go. We got to get out of here. So the angels left their first estate. Jude chapter one, second Peter. Chapter 2, they left their first estate and they, what? They came down to earth and the Bible says they didn't rape women. Read the text. It says they married women and begin to do what? To use what in heaven was forbidden and they slept. The Bible says slept. The Bible says slept. The Bible says sons of God 
watchers lusted after the daughters of men, married them, and produced fallen ones. Nephilim. Watch this. Pastor, that's impossible. Oh, really? Is it? That Okay, maybe that was possible pre-crucifixion. I'm glad that you said that. And I'm glad that you're thinking like that. Because Paul, woo, Paul said, ladies, cover yourself. Paul said, ladies, cover yourself. Not just because, you could read this, 1 Corinthians 7, post-crucifixion, this dispensation, Paul wrote that. He said, cover yourself because it's a reflection of submission, not just to your husband, but submission to Christ as Christ is covered by the church. Cover yourself because of the angels. Go read it. Look up the phrase, because of the angels. Go read it. That's Paul wrote that for all my Pauline believers, because, you know, modern evangelicalism is enslaved to Pauline theology. I'm glad Paul said it. Paul said it. He said, because of the angels. So, my westernized evangelicals who know nothing about spiritual warfare and go, go to the Caribbean. Come to where Puerto Rico is. Go to where Trinidad is. Go to, go to Africa. And they will tell you they're having sex with demons. You can sit here and go, that's impossible. Yeah, that's because you've been in America so long. Come down to the Caribbean. Come to the mountains of Juana Diaz in Puerto Rico, where you got witch doctors and you got uh, uh, brujas having sex with demons. You mess around with people that been uh, in sexual, uh, satanic ritual abuse, and they will tell you they're having sex with demons. They're having sex with demons. Spirit husbands, spirit wife, incubus, succubus. Don't play with me, man. You know, just because you got this westernized, evangelical, fundamentalist worldview, because you've been in a suburb somewhere, you know, you all you know is, you know, sweet Jesus by the by and by and Jesus take the wheel. They come around to where I come from. Go down, go down to Brazil, go to Brazil, go to Brazil and, and spend the night in the jungles of the Amazon. Dad, you're going to find something that's, something that's touching your male anatomy at 3 o'clock in the morning and you're going to be lusting at 3 o'clock in the morning while you're on a missionary trip. Don't play with me, man. And every preacher knows what I'm talking about. As you travel and preach, you could be fasting and praying in the hotel room and something creep up on you at 3 o'clock in the morning. That happened to me in Miami. That's why I don't like going to Miami like that. Not because of the people. I me, mean, I went to Miami one time and at three o'clock in the morning, something was fondling me. And I woke up, I was like, what the heck is this? And I was like, Satan, I command you in the name of Jesus. Get up off me. And when I woke up the whole room, well, I was like, what the heck is this? And I fasted and I anointed that room. I rebuked the devil. And I remember telling my wife, I said, the next time I, from here on, whenever I go to Miami, you come with me. I am not coming out here by myself. Yeah, mess around. Every preacher know what I'm talking about. You might not be saying nothing. You could be in the, you could have finished preaching fire at a church. You go in a room and something touching you, something on your head, giving you lustful thoughts in that room. You're like, what the, I'm saying, I bind you. 
Do you see what I'm saying, man? The sons of God sleep with the daughters of men, produce a race of giants, produce a race of giants called the Nephilim. These, these, these Nephilim children are hybrid. There's no way around this, guys. Demigods might be an exaggeration, but what they meant to say by demigods is hybrids. There were hybrids on the earth. And if you sit here and say that's impossible, then we got a problem because Jesus is Theoanthropos, which means the God-man. He's 100% God and 100% man hybrid. There's no way around that one. And don't even let me get started with Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. But I'm going to leave that one alone. There were demigods on the earth that day. These demigods terrorized human beings. And don't even let me get started on the animals. Our Egyptian forefathers, even though occultic, I don't think, I don't think they were exaggerating with body of a man and face of a dog. I don't think they were exaggerating. I know the white man would like to make us think we were exaggerating because we had, we were, it's all symbolism. Nah, 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 no, don't do that to my ancestors. Don't do that to us. You know, our ancestors were seeing something. Half body, half face of a dog, half face of a hawk. You know what I'm saying? Don't play with us, man. Like, don't make our forefathers look like a bunch of idiots not knowing what they were doing. Just, y'all stole your history from us. I'm just going to throw that out there. Y'all stole it from us. We saw what we saw. We saw half man, half bird. We saw half man, half dog. Those were not masks. Okay, watch this. So, the angels were manipulating not just man, but beasts. So God said, and I'm done, next five minutes, God says, I am angry not only with man, you can read this in your King James, God said, I'm also angry with the animals. He said, I'm angry with the animals. You can read this. It says God was angry also with the animals. Why? Very simple. The serpent, the serpent gave its body to the serpent. You know how I know it was two different things happening there? Because God cursed the serpent in the body and then cursed the serpent in the spirit. Did you catch it? They were not the same thing. The serpent gave its body to the serpent. And then God said to the serpent, physical serpent, I'll remove your legs. And then he said, spiritual serpent, this is what Jesus is going to do to you. And then the snake got cursed. Why? You want to know why the snake was cursed? Because the snake willingly gave its body. God is just. God will never, God is just, God will never curse anything who didn't make the willful decision to say no. Because if it was like that, why didn't God curse the swine that Legion went into? God didn't curse the swine that Legion went into. Why? Very simple. Because the demons forced themselves in the swine. But the serpent, the serpent spoke to the serpent and said, I like you. I need you. I need your nature. Would you give me your body? And the serpent said, yes. And the serpent entered the serpent. And then God cursed the serpent and then cursed the serpent. Don't play with Pagani, man. I'm a beast in this, man. To God be the glory. I'm sorry. I get amped up. I get amped up, man. And I wake up and this stuff be in my head. I'll be like, oh, God, where that, where that download come from? Thank you, Jesus, that I'm woke. Thank you that I'm woke. I'm waking you up today. Sorry, I get animated, man. I, <laughs> I get animated. So God said, I got to wipe everybody out. There's only one man who's not corrupted. Noah, I need you. 
Because I'm going to destroy the, I'm going to destroy everything. God first takes the watchers, the fathers of the Nephilim. Now watch this. Oh, oh, and another thing. When the angels, watchers married the daughters of men and they were given in marriage, the Bible says the daughters were given in marriage. It means their fathers, the fathers of the daughters of men gave their daughters to the angels in exchange for demonic angelic technology. The, the, the fathers didn't give their daughters for free. Why? Because marriage is never for free in the Old Testament. Marriage is always about exchange. Two kingdoms, families coming together. You give this, this is what we carry. We take what you carry. So the angel said, give me your daughter and I'll show you science. I'll show you science and I'll help you build pyramids. So white America is not wrong in saying the gods built our pyramids. Of course they did. They gave us the information in exchange for our daughters. Don't play with me. Let's go there. All right. Watch this. I'm almost done. God says he takes the watchers. He locks them in prison. He takes them and he locks them in Tartarus. Second Peter chapter two. He locks them in chains. He locks them in chains. He locks them in chains and binds them in Tartarus. He locks them in Tartarus, awaiting judgment. And then he sends the flood. God sends the flood. He dealt with the fathers. Now he wipes out all flesh. Now watch this. The spirits of the Nephilim, who are half angel, half man, now are wandering. Why? Wandering because they're undocumented beings not recognized by the courtroom, but will be recognized for judgment in the end. So the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, let me just interject something. Fallen angels do not desire to possess humans. Fallen angels do not desire to possess humans. Demons desire to possess humans. Why? Because demons are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. When he destroyed the body of the Nephilim during the flood, their spirits became demons, not in nature, but in office and functioning. They became disembodied spirits of the Nephilim that, watch this, that never... You're going to get mad, I'm about to say. They've never been to hell. You know how I know they've never been to hell yet? Because when Jesus, Messiah, popped on the scene, they begged him. They begged him and said, do you come to torment us before the time? Do you come to torment us before the time? Whatever you do, Jesus, please, please do not Send us to the abyss. Don't do it before the time. We don't want to see our fathers. You're not ready for that. 
We don't want to see our fathers who you locked in chains. Don't send us to the abyss. Don't send us to the abyss. Not before the time, please. Please, Jesus. And Jesus gave them permission. And they went into the swine. And you can read this in Mark 5. Mark 5. Please don't torment us, which means they've never been tormented. Please don't send us to the abyss, which means they've never been to the abyss. Ah, see, this is now what I'm about to say. Only deliverance ministers know this. That is why the Nephilim spirits scream when you're about to cast them out because they're terrorized. They are terrorized about. They're terrorized about going to hell. They're terrorized. They would prefer you send them to pigs, send us somewhere else. Just don't, uh, don't send us down there. Don't send us down there. Now, the Nephilim are now governed by principalities, powers, rulers of darkness. They have a strong man. They're not just wandering around. Why? Because the devil and his angels, which was a separate group. They're not ready for that. They all fall under fallen angels. The watchers and the devil and his angels are all fallen angels. But the fallen angels, watch this, govern the second heaven, uh, govern the earth, and govern under the earth. And then under the earth, there's a prison within a prison called Tartarus, where the watchers are locked. The disembodied spirits of the Nephilim get regulated by the angels saying, you serve us now. Or rather, you work for us. And each of us and the Nephilim all have a strong man now. The strong man is whatever strong man that is. You know, whatever. Now watch this. The, the fallen angels in the second heaven are called princes. Prince of the power of the air, the earth. Where do you come from, Satan? I'm the prince of the power of the air from walking around the earth. You got the prince of Persia. You got the prince of Babylon. Prince of Greece. Prince of Rome. Shall I keep going? The Messiah comes down. He gives and extends his authority to the 12 and then the 70. He, Jesus dies, right? Watch this. Jesus dies. Jesus goes down to hell. He takes the keys of hell and death. Watch this. You're going to get mad. He preaches to the spirits in prison. Second, second Peter chapter one. That crowd believes in Jesus, those in Abraham's bosom, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Enoch, Moses. Well, Moses is a whole nother thing. Watch this. He goes to the door of Abraham's bosom. He opens it. He snatches the authority from hell. He leaves hell locked. He opens Abraham's bosom and he tells the saints. And then on the third day, an angel came down and said to Jesus, we don't know, I'm speculating. It's time. Jesus looked at the dead saints that were, that were spirits at Abraham's bosom. They were spirits and said, come with me. Jesus looked up, went up. And the Bible says, Matthew 27 verse 58, the graves were open. Or how about this? I'm going to say something that's going to rock you. The earthquake was to open hell. The earthquake was to break the earth open. And to open Sheol and the bodies of the saints, not in spirit, they connected with their bodies 
And the Bible says, I know we don't like preaching this on Easter because it's all about Jesus. But the Bible says that these bodies of the saints walked for 40 days. You can read it. It says 40 days all around Jerusalem. And people were recognizing, yo, that's Abraham right there. That's that's Jeremiah. Bible says the body of the saints appeared to many. And then what happened? The Bible doesn't let us know when they went to heaven. But I'm going to tell you when. The Bible calls witnesses clouds. And when Jesus in Acts chapter 1 said to the apostles, I got to get out of here. A cloud came around him. Which were who? The bodies of the saints that resurrected with Jesus. And together, together they went by Jesus, by, by Abraham, by the whole cloud of witnesses. Oh, what, what was that? Excuse me, who are you? Oh, you're an angel? Yes. You see that same Jesus that left in a cloud? Yes, I do. That same Jesus will come back on a cloud the same way you saw him leave. How does he come back? Behold, I saw a white horse and a rider and the saints on white horses coming with him. Jesus, to you be all the glory, all of the honor and all of the praise. You are the great revelator. I am nothing without you. And I say this publicly that this revelation is all you. I am unclean and unworthy servant. Thank you for giving me a glimpse of this revelation to share with your people. I don't take the credit and neither do I take the glory. And may the day that I ever take your glory, may you kill me and may you take me home. May the day that I ever take your glory, you shut my church down and you make it a desert wasteland because unto you be all of the glory, all of the honor and all of the praise. You are God manifested in the flesh. Jesus, and if you're watching me right now and you don't know Christ as your savior, wherever you're watching me, all over the world, you need to repent of your sin and ask Christ to be your Lord and savior. If you die without Christ, you are going to hell. But God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you. And if God allowed you to be privy to this revelation and you're not saved, it's so that you could get born again. I'm here to tell you Jesus loves you. And he died in substitution for your sin, which means he died in your place so that you don't have to face judgment and be eternally lost. You need Christ crucified. Listen, I'm not preaching anything else but Christ crucified. He died for you. He was buried. Three days later, he resurrected from the dead. And if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you, my friend, shall be saved. Amen. Here's what I need you to do. If you ask Christ to be savior, find me on Facebook, Alexander Pagani, and write to me. Say, man of God, I got saved. 
Outside of that, my friends, I love you. My name is Alexander Pagani, lead pastor of Amazing Church located here in the South Bronx, New York City, a.k.a. He is Risen Tabernacle. I'm under the covering of Jabula New Life International, where my apostolic father and overseer is Apostle and Bishop Tudor Bismarck. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.